In this week's episode of Farmers Inside Track, we're connecting with 34-year-old Luiso Manga, the owner and visionary behind the Ubuntu Extra Virgin Olive Oil brand. Nika Hernewald, the head of agribusiness at Standard Bank, emphasizes the importance of knowing the link between your business's life cycle and its structure in our agripreneurship slot this week. Content creator and cookbook author Ingrid Jones shares her secret to a perfect home-cooked South African meal in our Mzanzi flavor segment. You'll also be empowered with a top tip from nutritionist Andrea Duplessis. And of course, you know, on Farmer's Inside Track, we love a great read. And making its way on top of our reading list this week is a book called The Crossroads Between Should and Must Find and Follow Your Passion by Ala Luna. And of course, our weekly AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Market with agri-economist Dr. Johnny van der Merwe. He highlights the latest price movements and expectations for the coming week. This is Farmers Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey Mzanzi, welcome to episode 48 of Food for Mzanzi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host Dawn Numdu and you're listening to South Africa's leading farmers podcast. And I'm Duncan Vasiwa. We kick off the show by introducing you to the movers and shakers in agriculture. And today's guest is none other than Luiso Manga. Yes Dawn, today I'm chatting to 34-year-old Luiso Manga from Cape Town who is spreading the spirit of of Ubuntu through his olive oil range called Ubuntu Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Loiso, welcome to the Farmers Inside Track podcast. I must say it is nice finally having you on the show with us. Hi Duncan and hi to Dawn. It's a pleasure for me to be here today to be part of your great podcast and hello to all your listeners listening throughout the country. It's a pleasure to be here man. Let's do this. Awesome. Now, Luisa, I want to get straight into it. The listeners have, of course, heard who you are and what it is that you do. But tell us exactly when did your olive oil journey start? The olive oil journey started about two years ago. I was looking into buying a farm in the deciduous fruits sector. And in the farm that I went to go view, I came across, I think, the farmer had planted a section about 20 hectares of olive oils he was very passionate about them and he told me all these great things about the health benefits and you know how there was the south africa basically sleeping on the industry and because he spoke about the politics of the cheaper poor quality olive oil that was coming in from italy and all these things and yeah i mean i just fell in love with the processing i fell in love with the health benefits and and the changes and the health benefits that it had for South Africans and generally our people. And when I did look into it, I found that it was an amazing product. Since then, I committed myself into looking into it and did my research and did the books. And I found that it was a great opportunity to look into. Ubuntu Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Tell us a bit about the name and how did you come up with it? I think that was one of the exciting parts about it. From a business point of view, I needed a name that embodied what I believed in, the principles that I grew up with, that I now sadly believe that the spirit of Ubuntu as we know it has kind of died down due to certain different factors, the political that keeps drawing people apart from each other, not bringing people together. 
that was one of the names that were part of my concept and i remember i had uh, another name called gogutala which was thrown in the pot by a gentleman called Carlo Costa, who was an advisor for ARC. Um, he had worked there for years and worked for the SA Olive industry for decades. These were names that we were juggling with, and the one thing that separated Ubuntu from all these other names, like Kokutala, Kokutala meaning the first, was basically the common factor that whichever background you came from, you at least knew what the principle of Ubuntu was, the principle of compassion, I am because we are type of thing. And I just found that it was very common amongst all cultures and all ethnic groups. So yeah, it's something we all shared and something we could easily identify with and understand. And that's why I chose it. Now your olive oil brand has been growing steadily and you've started introducing new flavors and it's even being featured you know on the dinner tables of some of umzanzi's most loved celebs like sevengezi sia kulisi even do you believe that there is some sort of pattern or formula if you will to becoming a successful entrepreneur yeah so i've been very fortunate to have friends like sevengezi and Skarantobeni, who buy my extra virgin olive oil religiously, and especially saving guesses at the forefront of promoting, you know, youth owned businesses, you know, whether it's black or white, you know, very developmental in, in mind and in character. So I have always been very appreciative. Even when he cooks sometimes for some of his fans on Instagram, he uses my bottle. So I am very appreciative of that. We want to get the Ubuntu Extra Virgin Olive Oil, the premium olive oil to all taxpaying South Africans and to all people to enjoy it. I just generally think there's no secret to success. There's a system to success. You create a system to success and that is obviously comprises of, you know, hard work, talent, grit, um, going beyond and above the working hours putting in systems in place that will make you successful, self-discipline, always looking to improve yourself, good character. Those are some of the things that are integral, being focused, being business-minded, being professional, being kind. The spirit of Ubuntu also is integral in that. So as long as one is committed fully and wholeheartedly to whatever they put their minds to, and they are willing to sacrifice time and energy to get there, I think that's a system individual based on business you characterize that and prioritize everything you need to make yourself achieve whatever you want to achieve to become successful. Luiso being a black olive oil producer in Mzanzi's agri space how has the journey been like for you? The journey has been tough man I think for any new entrant into a white dominated industry or any other dominated industry whether it's a male dominated or it's female or dominated dominated stuff you have to kind of learn the ropes i've been fortunate enough to have entered into an industry where i am able to speak to her for assistance Vili Domini and Carlo Costa you know i've been very instrumental in terms of assisting how to discern between a good extra virgin olive oil you know pricing because some people want to take you for a ride and they see your potential they see the market and they would love to be part of that They'd love to be a young, black, charismatic, flamboyant, young entrepreneur like myself, and they just aren't all about empowering. So I suppose I need to be balanced and say I never feel alone because there are people who I can bounce ideas off. 
the olive oil industry as a whole has been helpful. A lady called Karen is always helpful to help. You know, you get your, your Benedettas and your Carlo Costas. These are people who have been tremendous in this journey. So I've never felt alone at any moment. It is pretty daunting. For some things you, you've just got to learn by yourself, you know, market access, going to pick and pay and going to Woolworths. That's been torturous for myself. Entering those retail markets hasn't been easy. And that's where you feel it. Well, on a much lighter note, let's quickly go into a quirky question, Lisa. And yours for today is, would you rather never add olive oil to anything ever again or add olive oil to everything for the rest of your life? Duncan, 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 dude, I add extra virgin olive oil. You must know the difference, Chief. Extra virgin olive oil is what we want our people to get behind, not this mediocre nonsense that is blended with sunflower oil. So <laughs> I add it to everything. I just had it with ice cream the other day. I literally, Duncan, I'm so obsessed with olive oil. I drink mine. I literally open it and I gaggle it like I'll chuck down a beer down my throat. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Especially the one that I have. I could do anything with it. I use it on my skin. My wife reuses it for her hair. I had it on ice cream, as I said the other day. And I literally put on everything. It's like aromat on food. I literally just have it with my eggs and without any spice. I literally just toast bread and I drizzle that olive oil, son. It's divine. A friend of mine who's a guy, because mostly my clients are ladies, he buys about six bottles a month. And he says, my partner has to stop, has to hide olive oil because he loves the taste of that fresh cut grass, those sun-dried tomatoes that he can taste in his palate, you know, that sophistication. So. I'll have olive oil with anything, son. I love it. Quickly, before we let you go, what are you currently busy with and how can people get their hands on your product? You can find me all over the socials. Um, Ubuntu Extra Virgin Olive Oil. I'm literally on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Just DM us, inbox us. You order from there. We deliver nationally, doing that successfully from Postnet to Postnet. So whether you're in Centurion, you're in the Free State, you're in Toyando, you're in the Eastern Cape, Cradock, Grahamstown, PE, Maganda, we get it to you. Whether it's a Postnet, we can deliver. Or you just drop me a WhatsApp message on 073-836-5185. What's next is very exciting. We're planning on doing a national wide tour from Cape Town down the Garden Route, PE, East London, Tata. KZN to Joburg back the N1 and that all we'll be doing is just selling our olive oils at the back of a panel van so if you know anyone a dealership that can borrow us a panel van a panel van we are looking for sponsorships whether it's Ford Isuzu Hyundai whatever panel van we can get we'd love to do and yeah we just want to take South Africans through a virtual journey and marketing our brand so that we can be taken seriously by your peak and pays and your Woolworths. So that's exciting. We're looking forward to that. We think it's a game changer. And we'd love to meet our people, the people who support us, the ground people, your normal, hardworking, tax-paying South Africans. That's next. And if you want to join in and you want to assist, somehow drop us a buzz and we'd love to get you to be part of the journey. Thanks, Duncan. I appreciate it. 
Thanks for everything. Cheers. Bye. That was Luis Omanga, the owner and visionary behind the Ubuntu Extra Virgin Olive Oil brand. Coming up shortly, the latest movements in the fresh produce markets. But first, Nikke Grunewald, the head of agribusiness at Standard Bank, emphasizes the importance of knowing the link between your business's life cycle and its structure in our agripreneurship slot. Hi, Nikko. Thanks for having me and great to have you back. Hello, Dawn. How are you? Good, thank you. Can't complain. I've said with my past engagement with some of your colleagues that I definitely believe that these information sessions and sharing some of the vital information is not only for our farmers, but I've been finding it very helpful as well. In our last discussion, we spoke about business succession, and today we're talking a bit about business structure. What is meant by business structure, Niku? When we chatted about business succession, I mentioned a business life cycle. Just as you have a human life cycle, you have a business life cycle. And there's a link between that and the structure of your business. But basically, a business structure has got two angles to it. You can simply look at it in the simplest form to say, you know, who's who in your business, who reports to who, and where does the responsibility and accountability lie? But when you start using those words, you assume immediately that this business is already well established, and therefore I refer back to the business life cycle. You might be a one-man show, which you've just started with a farming venture, and then your structure in that regard is pretty simple. But there's a different part of business structure that we, from a bank perspective, specifically look at as well. And that's that, how do you structure your business in terms of what type of entity you use? Again, referring to my example, as a startup farmer, you're probably going to start up as a sole proprietor and you're simply going to farm. But as time evolves and as your business grows, you're probably going to change and incorporate different business type of entities into your structure. And what do I mean by that? I refer specifically to, to things like companies, things like trusts, joint ventures, partnerships, and all that kind of structure. And over a period of time, you can end up with a fairly complex structure where your motives initially when you started out was purely just to farm. But as time evolves, things like tax, profits comes into play and then you start suddenly changing your structure on the advice of different people with good intentions. Also referring to our previous discussion, we chatted about succession in your business. When you start thinking around those things, you probably are going to look at different types of structures in your business and that can play a role. So that's basically what I mean from a business structure perspective. Now, Nico, are financiers interested in my business structure? Financiers are indeed interested in your business structure. Again, at the back of where your business is in that life cycle and where it's heading, the structure plays an important role to financiers. Commercial agriculture is relatively capital intensive and capital goods normally require financing. Now, when banks look at financing, they basically have five different angles which they look at. They look at character, they look at capacity, they look at conditions, they look at capital, and they look at collateral. Now, I'm not going to talk about all those things. It's a whole new discussion for a different day. But just in terms of character, it doesn't just mean that we look at the character of the individual. We also look at the structure of how that whole business is structured. And we also look then at capacity 
capacity because if you have a complex structure and we sometimes refer to it in the credit assessment when those structures become very complex we refer to it as a spaghetti bowl which is very difficult to untangle if you look at that and then you say to yourself if there are different entities within a group where is the actual repayment coming from where does the actual collateral sit and who's actually managing the business so then it becomes a very complex environment when i go back to that first angle which refers to your simple you know who's reporting to who banks also look to that in terms of character because it would give us indication as to who is the succession and who's managing the business more so when it becomes more complex from a structural perspective these things are important because as you grow and businesses all have that intention also mentioned in the first discussion we had that farmers are entrepreneurs by nature and they want to create value over time and the underlying factor for that is growth so when you grow grow cost money so there's capital requirements that arise from that and banks particularly are interested in the risks associated with structures as a business evolve over time Nico is there anything else that's vital that farmers should know around business structure in closing Again I think when you look at, at your business structure and normally as I said you start out with a fairly simple structure when your business evolve evolves then the structure start to be more complex Bear in mind that when you look at these things that you again make sure that you consult with your legal advisors with your financial planners and also with the bank to make sure that you have the different views from those different supporting structures to your business to make sure that your structure is optimal. Thanks for joining us Nico Grunewald, head of agribusiness at Standard Bank. Wow, mom, what did you put on this chicken? Well, I was trying a new recipe using grain-filled chickens. Oh, mom, this is amazing. You can't go wrong with a 100% South African farm-quality chicken. With a range of fresh, frozen and marinated products, make grain-filled chickens your number one choice. Grain-filled chickens from the farms of the Free State. Need we say more? If you want quality, ask for grain-filled chickens at a leading store. Grainfield Chickens bring home the taste. Visit grainfieldchickens.co.za. From farm to fork right here on Farmers Inside Track. We now head over to Ingrid Jones, content creator and cookbook author who shares her secret to a perfect home-cooked South African meal and it's my absolute favorite. But of course, you'll also be empowered with a top tip from our nutritionist Andrea Duplessis. What is the spice that I must have in my cupboard? It's definitely not a South African original. Spices came from the east anyway. And that is how the spice route was developed where the European countries went to the east to get spices for their food and it was a very lucrative undertaking. With the slave tradition in the Cape, where slaves were brought here from Madagascar and Malaysia and the countries where slaves were brought in from, they came with their own spice traditions and it wasn't pepper and salt anymore. So I grew up in a home where there was a, a big Malay tradition. And in most houses there was this cross-cultural intersection of spices and if you ask any South African there's a curry in every house Ishe Governor Ipma brought out this book about curries in South Africa and it's a wondrous book to see how in different communities the same meal plays out in very different ways because of the way that we use spices 
And if you don't have masala in your curry, in my opinion, because that for me is one of the essentials of a good curry, then you've left out an essential ingredient, not necessarily a South African one, but if you look at the curries in South Africa that you get in almost all houses, it differs from house to house and no person makes the same pot of curry all the time. But what do we all use? Is masala. What is South Africa? A mixed masala of people. And that is why I love masala so much. It can, sometimes I sneak it in in a little stew. And when people ask me, what is your secret ingredient? It tastes so different from it. So lovely. I'm like, I'm going to tell you because they will think I'm crazy. How do you put masala in a brady? So that is my secret. I've sneaked in a little quarter spoon of masala. Hi, it's good to be back. And especially because we're talking about spices today, specifically masala. Now, as a dietitian, the one thing I wish that I learned more about earlier in my life is about spices. Because spices lighten up the flavor of just about any vegetable. So it turns a vegetarian dish into a truly delicious and indulgent experience. I now have to stop myself from adding cumin seeds to just about every dish I make these days. Masala represents a mixture of spices that can vary, but the spices that are typically used in masala are cardamom, cinnamon, coriander, cloves, and cumin. Did you know that in addition to the incredible flavor that these spices add, every single spice has medicinal properties? In other words, eating spices can benefit your health. So let's look at the key benefits of the spices typically used in masala. Cardamom has diuretic properties, which means it helps the body to get rid of excess fluid in cases of water retention. Cinnamon has beneficial effects on blood glucose, which then benefits appetite. In other words, it helps to control your appetite better. Coriander is beneficial for cardiovascular health, which means it's very good for your heart. Cloves have natural pain-relieving properties and cumin promotes healthy digestion. What more reason do you need to include masala into a nice dish that you're going to prepare next? Thanks for joining us, Ingrid Jones and Andrea Duplessis. For more great Proudly South African recipes and, of course, even more daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists who go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at foodformzanzi and use the hashtag Farmers Inside Track. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. Now, at some point in our lives, we've all asked ourselves, how can I find and follow my true calling? This week's book author, Ala Luna, frames this moment as standing at the crossroads of should and must. Should refers to what we feel we should be doing or what is expected of us, whereas must is a thing we dream of doing or our heart's desire. Coming up next, Luna talks in a YouTube interview about why she decided to write this book. I shared a post on Medium titled The Crossroads of Should and Must. And probably like so many of you all, I post things on social media 
every day, all the time. A couple grams, a couple tweets. There's lots of social media activity happening. And the spirit of this post was um, not so different, except something with this post happened that had never happened with anything I had put out in the world. Within two weeks, it was tweeted to over five million people and read by over a quarter of a million readers. After that happened, first I thought something was wrong with my phone because my phone was like going ding, ding, ding. I began to wonder what was behind this sharing, what motivated folks to send it to someone else. And it got me thinking a little bit more about this topic and thinking about how I might improve it, how I might make it better, how I might add you know, more meat on the bones. And so we decided to extend the post into a book. Sounds like an inspiring read. Remember to email your book suggestions to info at foodformzanzi.co.za. That's info at foodformzanzi.co.za. And from our book of the week to this week's AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Markets, here's Dr. Johnny van der Merwe, an agricultural economist at the Northwest University. Thank you very much, Dawn and Duncan. As mentioned, I am Dr. Johnny van der Merwe and this is your weekly AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Markets made possible by Standard Bank. To stay up to date with the latest prices and news, subscribe to the AMT YouTube as well as Facebook pages. Also make sure to check out our weekly grain and livestock overviews. With that said, let's see what happened to the latest vegetable prices the past week. The long cold winter had a significant impact on major vegetables keeping volumes very low and prices on a higher level. The best example of this is the potato market that is currently experiencing record high prices. Volumes on the markets are currently 14% lower while prices are 70% higher compared to the long term average for the past week. The latest potato prices traded on 80 rand 68 per 10 kilogram bag but lower demand can put pressure on this price over the coming week. The tomato price increased to 10 rand 48 and is experiencing extremely low volumes on the markets at the moment due to a combination of factors. However, lower demand this week can also result in sideways moving prices even though volumes are very limited. Rain in the northern production regions will play a crucial role in the coming season with more rain than usual that can keep prices on a higher level over the coming season. The carrot price increased by 24% to 4 and 7 cents per kilogram. However, demand is very limited as mentioned, which coupled with volumes that will remain on a lower level will probably result in sideways or stable prices over the coming week. As expected, the onion price increased to 396, but the market is again expected to come under pressure this week due to low demand and volumes that is still on a higher level. Other vegetable prices traded as follows. Cabbages on 2 rand 43, the garlic price decreasing further to 38 rand 88, the spinach price decreasing as well to 1 rand 70, while the latest sweet potato price also reached a record high price of 10 rand 98 per kilogram last week. The pepper price has also increased to 16 rand 86 per kilogram. When looking to the fruit industry, the low demand expected for this week will also play a crucial role in the price movements. However, banana volumes are very low due to high rainfall in production regions, which can rather support prices over the coming week. The latest price traded on 8 rand 98 per kilogram. 
The latest Apple and Pay prices continue to tick upwards with the latest Apple price increasing by 1% to 7.33 while the Pay prices increased by 2% to 7.96 per kilogram. As expected, the orange price increased by 8% to 5.02 with high retail prices, lower volumes and higher demand supporting these prices. The avocado price again decreased last week by 15% to 15 rand 45 mostly due to lower quality received on markets prices are however already up for the coming week the table grape price decreased by 14 percent to 45 rand 54 per kilogram last week the start of the local production season can soon result in higher volumes coming into the markets most likely putting some pressure on these prices the pineapple price traded 15 percent higher on 10 rand 53 while the lemon price also increased by 3% to 6 rand and 9 cents per kilogram last week. Check out our grain and livestock overviews, which is also available on our Facebook and YouTube channels. Also make sure to stay tuned to Food from Zanzi for the latest in agriculture. This broadcast is of course made possible by Standard Bank. Back to you, Don and Duncan. Thanks, Dr. Johnny van der Merwe. Dawn, that's a wrap for this week then. Remember to our listeners, if you love the podcast, share it with your friends, your family members and fellow farmers. The Farmers Inside Track podcast is available for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Please stay safe out there. And remember to always wear a mask. Also visit Food Form Zanzi's COVID-19 support page for the latest updates and information. From me, Numdu, Duncan Masiwa and the rest of the Food Form Zanzi team, have a great week. Until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track Podcast, supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.